We have some breaking news at right at the top of the show. Last night at 7.21 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, former President Donald Trump posted to his social, truth social account that, quote, the corrupt Biden administration has informed my attorneys I have been indicted seemingly over the boxes hoax, end quote. What he is talking about is the nearly 200 classified documents found at his Mar-a-Lago home during the FBI search last August. He goes on to talk about the documents found at President Biden's home in Delaware, which is an entirely different investigation and an entirely different team is working on it. At this time of the recording, being about 25 minutes after the breaking news, there has been no official word from the Department of Justice, and the former president says he will be in a Miami district, federal district court Tuesday at 3 p.m. Coming up on BBP News, did raising the debt ceiling save Americans money and did it really lower the federal deficit? And Supreme Court justices just released their annual income reports. What have we learned from those reports? Getting into weather in Los Angeles, California, it is partly cloudy 70 degrees with a cloudy weekend. In Houston, Texas, it is partly cloudy 94 degrees with a partly cloudy weekend. In Chicago, Illinois, it is mostly sunny 75. And then on Sunday, there is rain coming into the area. In New York City, it is raining 70 with a partly cloudy weekend. And there is still an air quality alert, as many of you on the East Coast are probably aware. That alert for New York City is headed throughout this weekend. So you all might be wondering where I've been. And for those that do not know, I have a job outside of the podcast. Um, also a full-time student and a bunch of other stuff that's going on. So I've been busy where I haven't been able to record But I have been continuing to work behind the scenes on the very many things that we have to do throughout the week to keep everything afloat and keep on moving. Um, So that's where I've been. I'm going to start popping back in and out. Um, I just won't be on the idiots. Um, I'll be on Friday and Monday shows once again. Um, More on a regular basis pretty soon here. But anyways, we have uh, plenty of news to get into. Starting out with... More news revolving the debt ceiling. You may remember how the debt ceiling bill was supposed to save us all this money. Well, the deal cut between Republicans and Democrats may increase spending in one area by more than $2 billion. That's according to an analysis from the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office. Here's what's going on. You probably remember during those intense debt ceiling and budget negotiations, one of the biggest Republican demands was increasing the work requirements for people to qualify for programs like the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or more commonly known as SNAP, and the Temporary Assistance for the Needy Families Program. Well, every bill that is on track for passage gets a review and a score from the Congressional Budget Office, including this one. While it's true the Fiscal Responsibility Act overall will decrease the federal debt by an estimated $1.5 trillion over the next 10 years, the new work requirements for SNAP recipients will increase government spending by $2.1 billion over the same 10 years. You might be wondering how is this possible? Generally, to qualify for SNAP in the past, you have 
had to prove you were working at least 20 hours a week up until the age of 49 years old. Well, the deal that was cut between Republicans and Democrats gradually increased the age to 54 years old. There have always been exceptions to this work requirement for those who are pregnant, have mental or physical limitations, or who live with children. With this new deal, it's true that the age, the increased age requirement, rather, may push hundreds of thousands of people who are currently getting SNAP benefits off the roll. But the deal also includes some new exceptions for those who are not required to prove those 20 hours of work a week. Those who are now excluded include veterans, those who are homeless, and adults ages 18 to 24 who were previously in foster care. They are now exempt from those work requirements. And it's because of those new exceptions that the Congressional Budget Office says will increase the number of people who qualify for SNAP every month and will ultimately add about $2.1 billion in spending over the next 10 years. We may have avoided the debt default crisis, but the United States' excellent credit rating could still take a hit. That's because one of the big U.S. credit rating agencies said it's keeping the United States on its rating watch negative list for a possible credit downgrade. Nick told you about the original warning from Fitch in May, but right after the debt ceiling bill was passed, Fitch put out a statement basically saying to Congress, yeah, Congratulations to doing the bare minimum, but we told you waiting till the last minute could cost you. And as many people say, Congress f***ed around and we'll soon find out. What Fitch actually said was, quote, Fitch believes that the repeated political stands off around the debt limit and the last minute suspensions before the X date lowers confidence and governance, governance on fiscal and debt matters. End quote. The point to a steady deterrence in governance over the last 15 years and says the political polarization in the 2020 election and the conflict over the debt limit and the failure to tackle the country's financial issues had ballooned the debt and it's a problem for the United States credit. As Nick reported a few weeks ago, a credit downgrade could spike up interest payments on the massive $31. trillion debt, which would cost all of us taxpayers billions of dollars. Fitch ends the notice by saying they will make a decision on whether to downgrade the U.S. from its AAA rating in the third quarter of this year. Just in time for the summer driving season, you may start to see higher Gas prices, that's because Saudi Arabia said it would cut oil production by another 1 million barrels a day starting in July. This is the third significant oil production cut the world has seen since last October. The announcement by the Saudis came at a meeting of OPEC Plus member countries over the past weekend. OPEC Plus is a group of oil producing countries in the world, not including the United States. They are not a member of OPEC. Plus. The rest of OPEC Plus countries did not announce any additional cuts to oil production. Instead, they will keep the reduced level of oil we've seen from them for the rest of the year. So you might be wondering why is Saudi Arabia doing this? Well, frankly, because the price for a barrel of oil has been dropping and they want to drive the price up by reducing the world supply so they can make more money. They say they're doing it to create price stability. It's unclear if 
that mission will succeed. We haven't seen any significant increases in gas prices since the last OPEC Plus production cut kicked in back in May. On Monday, we did see a little um, jump up in oil prices, but they're still sitting at below $80 a barrel. The national average for a gallon of regular gas in this country as of Thursday is $3.55 a gallon, and that's down a bunch from a year ago when it was $4 rather and 85 cents for a gallon of regular. Big Farmer has just sued the United States government and D.C. federal court basically because they don't want to sell their prescription drugs for cheaper. Pharmaceutical giant Merck just sued the Department of Health and Human Services to block Medicare from using its new negotiation power to bring down certain Part D prescription drug costs for the United States taxpayers. The power to negotiate 10 widely used high-priced drugs with no generic competition was given to Medicare by Congress when lawmakers passed the Inflation Reduction Act last year. But in the in the lawsuit, Merck says the power is unconstitutional because it violates their Fifth and First Amendment right. Merck says from their perspective, under the new law, the government compels the drug maker to sell a particular drug to Medicare at whatever fair price the agency dictates, which must represent at least a 25 to 60% discount. They say that's a violation of their Fifth Amendment right that requires the government to provide just competition for properly taken for public use. The suit goes on to say if they don't comply, they get hit with a massive tax penalty. They say that's not a negotiation, that's extortion, and a violation of the First Amendment right to free speech. They want a judge to put a stop to Medicare's new negotiating power. It's worth noting that Merck is making billions of dollars a year off those Part D prescription drugs. The Health and Human Service Secretary responded to the lawsuit saying the law is on our side and the U.S. government will vigorously defend the law that allows Medicare to use its enormous buying power to negotiate drug costs for U.S. taxpayers. This lawsuit is no surprise. Big Pharma has been fuming about the Medicare negotiating power since the bill was signed into law. In fact, it's possible other pharmaceutical giants will join this lawsuit or file their own against HHS. Medicare is expected to release the list of the first 10 drugs available for negotiations by September 1st, with the new prices taking effect in 2026. So trips to Italy, a $1,200 floral arrangement from Oprah, designer clothes, and book royalty. Those are all gifts and income reported on Wednesday by the Supreme Court justices. Well, not all of them. According to federal law, the justices are required to file annual financial disclosure forms. They were due on Wednesday. The forms reflected gifts and earnings from 2022, except two justices didn't file anything. Instead, they asked for an extension. Those justices were Justice Clarence Thomas and Justice Samuel Alito. Now, Justice Alito has asked for an extension on his annual form in the past, so that's not uncommon. But Justice Thomas is under heavy scrutiny after the bombshell report about luxury trips, gifts, and real estate transactions he has not disclosed on this form in the past. So what's in the forms that were filed on Wednesday? There was some pretty interesting stuff. Justices Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, and 
Neil Gorshnich, all reported separate trips to Italy to speak at legal conferences or at university. Justice Sonia Sotomayor was flown to Scotland to do the same. Another justice reported travel to speak within the U.S. and Canada as well. Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson reported a $1,200 congratulation floral arrangement from Oprah and a nearly $6,600 designer outfit she received for a Vogue photo shoot. But some big money came in the form of book royalties for Justice Sotomayor, who reported $150,000 in book royalties for her children's books, while Justices Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Justice Barrett all reported income of almost $30,000 each for teaching gigs at law schools. Justice Thomas and Alito will have up to 90 additional days to submit their filings, which could include any amendments or updates related to their past finances. But it remains to be seen. It's going to be chaotic for a while. That was President Biden on May 9th when he and a lot of other politicians were warning of chaos at the southern border when Title 42 expired. Turned out they were all wrong. The fact is unlawful entries at the southern border have actually dropped by more than 70% since May 11th when Title 42 expired. That's according to a new report released from the Border Patrol this week. Customs and Border Protections has has averaged 3,700 total entries with migrants between ports of entry per day compared to the surge of tens of thousands some lawmakers were suggesting would try to cross. Border Patrol also says between May 12th and June 2nd, 38,400 migrants were expelled from the United States under Title VIII, which allows Customs and Border Protections to expedite the processing and removal of migrants seeking asylum at the border unlawfully. Title VIII also says if the agent finds a migrant doesn't qualify for asylum, doesn't prove a credible fear of returning to their own country, and entered illegally, that migrant may face a five-year ban from attempting to enter the United States again. Of course, there are some exceptions to that rule. At the same time, 11,500 credible fear interviews were completed for those migrants seeking asylum. Homeland Security ends the report by saying Congress needs to act on comprehensive immigration reform. What if you could just file your taxes for free and you didn't have to pay for TurboTax or H&R Block or one of those other third-party software systems? Well, starting next year, you may actually be able to. That's because the IRS is rolling out a pilot program called Direct File. Basically, it's the IRS's own version of tax software that would allow you to e-file your taxes free and would be totally voluntary. Obviously, you won't be forced to use it. The IRS just issued the report to Congress this week saying they are taking some of the $80 billion lawmakers gave them in the Inflation Reduction Act to develop this software because taxpayers are telling them they want something that's free and directly developed by the IRS to make things easier. The IRS says depending on how many Americans want to use the direct file software, it could cost the government anywhere from $64 million to $249 million a year. More than half of that cost would be for customer support. At this point, we don't know how many people the IRS would include in the pilot program, and we don't know when or how you can sign up for it. The IRS says they will be releasing more information in the coming months. 
Getting into rapid news, the Supreme Court sided with the whiskey maker Jack Daniels in a dispute with a pet company selling a pop-themed dog chew toy that mimics the brand's iconic square bottle. And also several new protections for the LGBTQ plus community, students, and families were unveiled by the Biden administration, including establishing a coordinator to lead the charge against banning books in school. That is the end of this Friday morning news episode. Nick will be back here on Sunday morning for what to expect for the week of June 11th and be back here Monday morning with another news episode. Until then, everybody, enjoy the rest of your workday and your weekend. Bye, guys. 